0: Welcome to the Procurement Show.
1: Hello and welcome to The Procurement Show, the show that tackles the topics we all need to think about and sets out to explore the more interesting bits of procurement. I'm Jonathan O'Brien. And I'm Paul Philpot. I'm here to ask the questions that you might want to ask and pop out and make a cup of coffee every now and then. This week we're continuing our theme of sustainable procurement once again and today we have the second of two podcasts where we're looking at procurement with purpose and once again we're joined by the two legends in the procurement community. We're very pleased to welcome both of them to The Procurement. Procurement Show today, Mark
0: Pereira and Peter Smith. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing, enabling the future of procurement in organisations around the globe. Last time
1: we talked about what procurement with purpose is and how organisations adopt it. This week we're going to get more into exactly what it means and what we need to do to have purpose. So if we look at what strategic procurement is today and it's something that's changed significantly I think in recent years but all of the things that you just described Mark in terms of innovation relationship with suppliers using data I would put that at the core of the function along with really effective category management and I'm not talking about ticking boxes just following a process or selling your book or selling my book but being able to (laughs) think about transforming spend based on what is bought also thinking about a wide range of SRM interventions supply chain management and using the latest digital platform so you could kind of define all of the things you'd expect to see in a modern strategic procurement function so if we now put procurement with purpose or sustainable procurement is this a new thing or is this something that kind of has to be the backbone of all the other things and how do we begin to adopt it
2: Firstly, on that, I'd say lots of companies do SRM, and I know that you've written a book and you help companies on that. But what's the business case, Jonathan, that you actually are supporting when you put SRM in or you're supporting them? I don't find many companies have a business case of why they're putting SRM in there, and I don't normally see what the impact of that is. So I would kind of question whether SRM is a fundamental part of organisations and what values driven out of today. I think with procurement with purpose and the ESG agenda that we're looking at, that provides a business case of why you would collaborate with your suppliers increasingly because there's actual impact out of it, whether that's against carbon or diversity, all these other things, as well as bringing you know innovation through. But I'm challenged in the quote there that SRM is actually part of a core function at the moment.
3: Jonathan were you saying SRM or category management or both?
1: Well I think you need to look at all of these different approaches but rather than look at the labels that we use currently look at it in terms of how do you think about what you buy based on what's facing out to the marketplaces and how do you think about who you buy from and those supply chains so it's less about the methodologies that are sort of out there it's about how do you make procurement manage both of those two dimensions really really well and here when we talk about overlaying procurement with purpose for me this comes back to what is the organization setting out to achieve and therefore what is the procurement function need to achieve to support this and then what are the interventions we need with the supply base and for what we're buying to make that happen so i look at it in those terms which i think is the same as what you've been saying
3: yeah i mean i tend to go with mark on srm And, you know, many years since I introduced, I think, the public sector's first SRM programme, and it didn't work. But I think when it comes to category management, I still think Catman is, you know, a great basis for organising procurement and what you're doing. And I think a lot in the procurement with purpose agenda is sort of new, but I don't think it would make me scrap my entire category management structure if I was a CPO. In fact, you could argue that it means there's need for greater specialism. Because if your head of packaging buying needs to really get into the technology, as Mark said, around recyclable plastics and all of this and lots of innovation and so on. So, you know, that's not going to be a generalist role. I'm not going to get rid of my Catman structure. So I think it doesn't supersede category management. It's going to be a very significant part of what category managers are doing. And I think in bigger organisations, we might see a few sort of sustainability or procurement with purpose specialists who have particular roles that cut across all the categories. But I think it will become a key objective for every category manager, whatever it is they're responsible for. It can't sit off to the side of that or it won't work, frankly.
2: Yeah, Justin, I think the key thing that I'm seeing is the difference, whatever we label the past and where the future is, as a tighter link to business strategy and what the outcomes of that is, yeah. where we may have had a little bit of a disconnect because of the potential siloing of a category against what the business strategy is. So I think we're now linking us back into the business strategy. And one thing, maybe back from the beginning of it, this is the decade of our lives. A reason why now we are our generation and the generation before, how we've run our lives and consumed our goods and travelled around the world, hasn't done the world a good place. And you look at climate change, uh, hopefully most people actually believe in that. And it's scientific fact. If we don't act in this decade, if these multinationals don't change and actually make the difference in terms of carbon and all these other water and forestry, then there's not going to be a great planet for our kids and their kids in the future. So we're 18% through the decade. Every five weeks is another percentage. I'm hoping we're all on target to hit these 2030 targets, not for just us but for our kids and the generation afterwards. So that's a reason why now the change has to come and procurement supply chain have a good part of making that impact if we can really start making those changes week by week.
1: If we could give you a round of applause for that comment, I Mm -hmm. think we probably would because that pretty much says absolutely everything and the urgency of what we're doing here.
4: We certainly do need to get our skates on, that's for sure. Peter, earlier on, just a few moments ago, you mentioned about specialists in the field of procurement with purpose. Do you think that procurement functions have... Have the skills and abilities in order to think differently here? Are we going to need to get specialists in? What does procurement need in terms of support for you?
3: It's a very good question. I mean, the obvious answer is it varies a lot between organisations. Those that have been doing this for some time, you know, will have developed more skills. And we touched on it earlier, but, you know, the people who are passionate about this agenda are joining the companies that they can see are doing stuff. Apart from maybe a few very enthusiastic people are joining companies that aren't doing it, thinking I'll change them, which is great as well. But I think we are learning as a profession. The one thing I would say, and this came out as I sort of researched the book, there are so many people around who can help. And that ranges from the consulting firms who obviously will charge money for that help to if you look at any of the 30 odd purpose issues identified in the book, there are charities, lobby groups, not for profits, academics who are into that topic, everything from modern slavery to water conservation. And they're all looking to help. Okay, some of them may have a commercial agenda as well, but a lot of them don't. And they want to help companies do this better. So compared to probably anything else I've ever worked on in procurement, you know, there's an awful lot of support that can be gained externally as companies develop more of the skills and knowledge internally. And also, there's a very good peer network. I mean, the Sustainable Procurement Pledge... Thomas Uderson set up a while ago, you know, that's an organisation of practitioners, a lot of whom maybe feel they don't have the support inside their own organisations, but that gives them a network of other practitioners who can help, obviously what we're trying to do in the area. And a lot of companies don't see this at core a competitive advantage issue, so they are willing to share knowledge and information perhaps more than they are on some topics. So, you know, if you're not sure that you know enough or your organisation knows enough, just get out there and talk to people, I think would be my advice. But we are going to have to develop more and different skills and knowledge without a doubt.
2: Companies are learning the, the journey to hitting these goals. And I think that's emerging week by week, month by month. But the great thing is people are willing to share. So you know, we got an event coming up in December around carbon climate and scope three, where we have, you know, leading sustainability leads within the procurement function and within sustainably direct sharing how they're on their journey, their approach. it. So I think that's the good part. I think for a category manager or people in procurement on that side, I think there is new data sets in there. So how do you understand what a CDP report is as an example and which sections shall I read? And I think the biggest capability that we need to get into the companies, which is not down to an individual is a change management. Mm. So if you think about scope three, that's your suppliers, which you don't really have control, getting them to commit to change and make their commitments to the science-based targets of climate targets and carbon reduction and greenhouse production. Your organisation needs to say, this is our purpose and we want you to come on the journey because this is what we're expecting from our suppliers and we're expecting you to make these commitments, make the change. Now, that can't just come from a category manager talking to, you know, the account manager or maybe the CEO of the supplier, it needs to come as a consistent message and awareness from the buying organisation and maybe some education to their suppliers on actually how they do that as well, and also the recognition at the end. We just signed up to something called Tech Zero, which is 150 tech companies in the UK or going out and now disclosing our commitments on uh, climate and, you know, putting a regular thing. So it's not a carbon disclosure project in the depth that a large corporate do it, but we're making those commitments and also putting our annual reports out. So how do you educate the suppliers around how they can make their commitments, whether it's a super large supplier or, you know, a startup or a scale-up organization as well? So I think there's education, but I would say the change management and awareness and consistency of message from The leadership of the organization, including the CPO, Head of Supply Chain and Sustainability, is going to be an important part to hit these targets and put these programs in place.
0: The Procurement Show. Exploring the more interesting bits about procurement. And now, The Procurement Fun Fact. This edition's exciting tale of preposterous procurement, bizarre buying, or simply saucy sourcing.
1: Have you ever wondered why we ended up calling it procurement? I, for one, have laid awake for hours pondering this conundrum. Well, the Latin roots of the word procure mean to take care of on behalf of another. This is still evident in the German word procurist, someone with power of attorney to independently carry out certain transactions for their company. The same sense is in the English word procurator, an agent who takes care of or stewards things. So, it's always been more than shopping.
0: The Procurement Fun Fact Contact us by email. Hello at theprocurementshow.com Send us a tweet at Procurement Show or connect with us on LinkedIn. Search for The Procurement Show
1: where do we start to do this? Just imagine I'm a new CPO, I'm new into a role within an organisation. I've got a remit from the board to create procurement with purpose. What do my first 100 days look like?
3: If you're starting from scratch, the first thing is, I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true, you need a strategy. I would get together a group of senior people from the organisation, start getting that stakeholder buy-in with an initial workshop to talk through, well, What are we trying to achieve here? Why do we want to do this? Are we just trying to make sure we adhere to the regulations? Or do we have other stakeholders? Is this something that's going to help us with our customers, our consumers? Is it we're getting a big push from our staff? You know, What do the stakeholders want us to do? And then part two of the strategy is thinking about, well, what could we do? And actually, there's a couple of sides to that. It's where can we have an impact? So frankly, there's very little point, I don't know, a small software firm deciding that our big mission is going to be to save the orangutans because they can't do much about it, frankly. So where can you really have an impact? But where also is it practical to do something? So you might say, well, if we could totally get rid of all plastic use in our business, then we'd have a huge impact. So let's make that our target. But actually, if that's going to be pretty much impossible at the moment, given where technology is, and you're a relatively small company, then that would be a pretty daft objective. So, you know, I say to people, look at the areas where you can have a real impact, as well as the regulatory stuff you have to do. But where can you have a real impact and where could you actually do something practical and make a difference relatively quickly? And and what matters to your stakeholders? So put those things together and come up with your sort of priority list, because even Unilever discovered they couldn't do everything at once. They couldn't address every possible area that they might to the full. So you have to prioritise. So come up with that Plan and this is all about planning and change management and project management. And so, well, these are going to be our initiatives, these are the priorities. Now, let's think about how we actually implement it. So, I've made that sound very simple and straightforward. And of course, yeah, that's it. I, think, <laughs> I think that's the process. I would
2: do less of the stakeholder management and just go straight to the annual report and the sustainability report and look at the, what the science based targets that companies put out and start from there because that's already been committed by the organization. And then if there hasn't been a heat map of your carbon around your suppliers, I'd get that done with a consultancy within the first 90 days. So that's
3: only carbon, isn't it? I'm not saying that isn't potentially the most important thing, but if we're talking about a procurement with purpose program here, I'd like to see companies doing more than just looking at their...
2: No, but if you look at the sustainability report, you'll have the UN SDGs that they've committed to and all the other programs in there. So there's 17 different SDGs in there. So you'll be going through those and see what programs are currently running and where you can support that. But I wouldn't go around asking them how you could do that. I know that's what you traditionally do when there's not a big agenda. I think also if you've interviewed for this company, Jonathan, you probably know what you're getting into because you should be coming and be interviewed and joining a company that's purpose. If you're going there and you're going into a cost savings organization, you probably should be walking out the door and not go there. So go back onto LinkedIn or find your exec recruiter and find another company (laughs) because you've probably made the wrong step if you've not yeah. already had the conversation about your really, agenda. Really, really good point. And
4: actually, you, it goes back again to what you were saying about knowledge sharing. And I'd like to ask this question to Jonathan, who's a trainer. majority of your business is sharing knowledge, is, you know, educating people. How are you going to bring about a situation where an organisation comes up with a result that, OK, it meets the procurement with purpose of Objective, but it also gives them a slight competitive advantage. Are you going to try and bring about a boardroom ethical change to ensure that those things are still knowledge shared? I just don't know whether that's going to happen.
1: For me, and I think Mark's point about it, you've got to know what you're walking into, because the whole organisation has to be united that it wants to do this from the board down. If you have that, you can begin to make progress. And then it's thinking about how can you actually look at procurement differently in terms of what we buy, who do we buy from our supply chains, and say how do we make these more sustainable? sustainable? How do we give them purpose? Which you then get to the point where you've got procurement people value engineering what you buy with the supply chain in mind. So it completely changes everything that we do in procurement. We need new skills, but it's using the same approaches we've used before with sustainability at its heart. But if you can refocus how people think about these things with a new purpose, it changes everything. That's my view. I don't know what you guys think.
3: I think the competitive advantage thing is interesting. And I do think, you know, if you're in a consumer goods firm and through your work, you and your supplier invented some absolutely amazing compostable packaging that, you know, composted within minutes or something, are you going to share that? And I think. In practical terms, the answer is probably yes, but not immediately. Mm. I think that's what would happen. You'd have first mover advantage and then probably your packaging supplier is going to want to sell it to other people anyway. So what tended to happen when I worked in consumer goods is you had that advantage for the first year or so and you launched your new product or you promoted that and then you know the market caught up with you. and I think that will happen in some of these areas
2: without a doubt. yeah, I think the term I use is sustainable growth. that's what we're trying to do now, so not just profit for any sake is around sustainable as in a consistent growth, but we understand what we're doing on that. And then the other part is the executives have full accountability, for these targets. So it's not like they can shirk them. They sit with the CEO, the directors and the boards of these companies. So Jim Massey, who we work closely, former head of sustainability at AstraZeneca and now just joined Xilab. He spent the last 18 months working with big US companies in terms of talking to their senior executives about what the responsibility of a board is around sustainability. And that's the great thing is they are fully responsible and accountable for hitting these numbers. We saw with Shell, the judgment that came in from the Netherlands around them having to make the change in terms of their whole business model and their commitment to climate change. So the boards are accountable. So I think that's the good thing is you can work with the board in terms of doing that. And competitive advantage is allowing you to carry on trading. So if you're not at minimum taking the journey on these things, you won't be able to trade. If you can be ahead of the game, whether it's your consumers who are calling for more purpose-led or environmentally friendly or ethical products coming through, then great. But I think it's about sustainable growth that we're looking at and staying relevant in today's customer market as well.
0: It's time to Ask Jonathan. And today's
4: Ask Jonathan has been sent in to us from Keela Whitby from Raleigh-Durham. She says, Dear Jonathan. Hello. I have been reading with interest. Yes, it does happen, you know. Your posts about sustainable procurement mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get others in my company to be interested. But despite what is said, it's all about savings and getting the price down. We've spoken about this many times, Mm -hmm. Jonathan. In my performance review, I'm judged based upon performance against savings targets. So how can I begin to sell the benefits of sustainable procurement?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And it's very similar to one we had a little while ago, I think. There's a bit of a theme here. So there's a couple of things here. The first is that the organisation has to want to do sustainable procurement. If you're trying to do this from the bottom bottom-up and procurement, it's at best difficult, but it can be impossible. So the organisation does need to do that. And if there's this organisational will, then it's about the benefits. And the cost-based, the price-down type savings targets, you know, they're still there in many organisations because organisations don't have anything to replace them with and nobody's taken them away yet. The reality, as far as sustainability is concerned, is that whilst we can put a number on some things, we actually need a new way of measuring the benefits. And we also have to convince the organization of this as well. So there are two things to think about. The first is what we call the pre-financial benefits. In other words, the financial impact if we do nothing. So if we do not manage to reduce emissions or our carbon footprint in the supply chain, then is that going to cost us more money when we start having to pay for the emissions that our supply chains use, which is likely to happen? So there's the savings now based on how we think things will go. And the second bit is about... When we're talking about sustainable value, we're talking about the value to the planet, the value to a community, the value to people. And these aren't things that you can easily put a number against because you know there's perhaps a longer term benefit, but it's hard to quantify in pure financial terms. The only way we can do that is to tell the story. And we have to put a business case together that tells the story of how a sustainability improvement will bring value and convince people that it's worth pursuing that. And that's a whole different way of doing business. It completely overturns all of the models of top-down financial management that companies are run on today. And it means we're now starting to make decisions based on the sustainability and the social value that it brings. Excellent answer.
4: Excellent question, actually, as well. LinkedIn, Twitter, or indeed, good old-fashioned email. There are plenty
0: of ways to get in touch and send us your question for Jonathan. Here's how. Ask Jonathan. Email your question to jonathan at theprocurementshow.com. You might be part of the next show. The Procurement Show. The latest thinking, the greatest insights.
4: Gentlemen, I'm going to throw a curveball in here. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you the question, the film version of your book. I'd like to know who you would want to play you and why. <laughs> but before we do that... I like my takeaways, as you know, and we'd like to close each programme with some three key takeaways. So your key takeaways, please, the biggest threat we face.
3: I think the biggest threat is that other global political and economic events sort of push this agenda backwards again. It could be anything from US, China conflict to if we went into a period of real huge economic issues, stagflation or whatever. I mean, we're seeing it now a bit with the price of gas in the UK. You know, in some ways, we should argue it's good that the price of gas has gone up from a climate change point of view, but it doesn't feel very comfortable on the ground. So I think that's probably the biggest threat.
2: Mm -hmm. Mark? Complacency. We're 18% through the decade. Every five weeks makes 1% of the decade complacency you need to get on with it we need to see the activities around it we need to see the buzz from the bottom of how things are changing with your supplier base so complacency is the biggest threat we have
4: okay well i'm very worried about the starter course but the main course takeaway number two the boldest thing a procurement function can do to drive change please
3: mark's good on bold stuff for procurement you go you just
4: want him to go first you've got time to think about it
2: (laughs) There's ambitious goals out there. So I think it's about changing from 10% or 5% efficiencies to 10x thinking because there's a big transformation there. So the great thing is talking about the big change that's there and then helping the business to do that. So we've got a great agenda to support. Now, how do you step up and own that challenge and allow the diversity of people in your organization in terms of the age as well? I think the younger people into your business can be purpose-led in terms of the way they've come through around it, but allow it to be across the organization, open your team up to give those ideas and also open up to your suppliers. So be open about the challenge. How do you bring your suppliers on there and just get these ideas through and create momentum and buzz within your own business and within the supply chain and recognise those individuals, those companies that are stepping up and get momentum around it.
3: Very good. Peter? Okay, I've thought of one. Put sustainability or procurement with purpose measures on everybody in the procurement functions objectives for the year and if they yeah, have bonuses yeah. related to objectives make sure a decent percentage is linked to that interviewing for new starters put that as one of your half a dozen criteria in the interview process as well
4: good i like that too yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so our third and final course our dessert all right something really straightforward if the answer is possible something new we as procurement practitioners can all do tomorrow to start to create purpose
2: quite simply read the sustainability report of your company and then read the annual report, understand the business strategy and understand what the commitments are and where they are in terms of their journey against the different parts of their commitments. And, you know, really understand, pick up their science-based target. Hopefully you've got one and stick that on my monitor screen. That's what they're committing to. And then you can see how it cascades through. But the science-based target, the sustainability and annual report, And the annual report and the quarterly reports should be good reading for everyone in procurement and to really understand where they are on that strategy. And then finally, go find the other activists in your company. So find the ones who want to do change. Not everyone's going to be ready for this. So if you're one of those people who want to make a change, go for that, find the other people in procurement, find them in the other parts of the business, go find sustainability people in group and make them your friends and just keep on finding other people who believe that change can happen. And then hopefully... Momentum will happen. Let's find some friends who want to be activists and make a change.
3: How about every time have a meeting or a conversation with a supplier? I'm going to raise something on the purpose agenda with them.
2: That's yeah, good. Spread like
4: the that. word. I yeah. like that. Yes. Yep. yes. OK, so go back to my question that I asked earlier. We're going to turn the book into a film.
3: Yep. Jonathan, you can play the long-serving CPO who's not really convinced by this agenda but persuaded by their bright young things <laughs> well, in d- the department.
1: D- d- does that mean I can have a cape and some sort of lycra <laughs> yeah, and yeah. SRM across SRM, my chest? SRM, yes. Like that, any so. three initials you want. So, gentlemen, then in this film, who's going to play you and
3: why? OK, so, of course, it's very important that whoever plays me has to spend quite a lot of time with me, you know, understanding my personality and how I work and so on and getting sort of into the character. So it's Kate Beckinsale.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like that. Well, yeah, I like you. i looking thinking. forward to that. I, wonder, I might try and take the lead on my one. I don't know. There's quite a lot of dodgy people with beards out there. So probably uh,
4: Brian Blessed. <laughs> it to be George,
2: George Clooney. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Well, the grey hair is going that way. But um, <laughs> I think the stars are now coming from their heritage. So my father's rank. so maybe I should get someone from the subcontinent, a Bollywood star, so I can do some more jazz hands. Dev Patel
1: would be yes. brilliant. Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, we we're looking forward to seeing that. Procurement with Purpose by Peter Smith and Mark Pereira is published by Brown Dog Books. It's just out in time for the holidays this year. I can't recommend this book more highly. If you read one book this year, read that one, and then perhaps one of mine next year when mine comes out. <laughs> Thank you both so much for joining us. It's been a wonderful procurement show, and it's really challenged my thinking.
2: Thank you both so much. Thank you very much. It's great to speak with you both. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Procurement Show. Contact us by email... Hello at theprocurementshow.com. Connect with us. On LinkedIn, search for The Procurement Show and on Twitter at Procurement Show. Visit us at theprocurementshow.com. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing, enabling the future of procurement in organizations around the globe. Copyright Positive Purchasing. All rights reserved. Produced by Fresh Air Studios.